Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Doing for this course, Amen. You do come to church or you are planning to go home? I said, how many of you have been blessed so far by the series we've been doing? Alright, are you learning some new things? Now, there are, there are several things that can happen. You can learn new things. You can be established in the things you already know. Praise God. So, let's pray and let's get into the Word. See how far we can go this morning. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach your Word. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth through your Word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now we've been, I don't want to, I I realize that sometimes trying to go back to what I've been teaching before takes a couple of minutes and uh, and go get the messages, they are free. So I want to start, we established or we we concluded last uh, Sunday that when Adam sinned against God by disobeying God, he died spiritually and we proved that from the scriptures. And we said that all men were dead men, they were conceived in sin and trespasses. And this was not just about whether somebody was morally good or not. This was the fact that there was the sin nature in man. Praise God. And that's why, for those of you who have children, you will realize that you don't need to teach your child how to lie. Right? You don't need to teach your child how to be stingy. In fact, you can have a little child and you buy uh, biscuits for them or ice cream for them. And in that same moment, you just stretch your hands to them and say, can I have some? And what are they going to do? Come on now. What are they going to do? You know what they are going to do because you did it to your mother. Come on now. What are they going to do? They're going to put their hands back. Who taught them not to give? Do you know that people have to be taught to give? Because naturally, the human nature is stingy. Glory to God. The human nature hates. The human nature is wicked. So, when you're born again, that's why I'm always a strong proponent of the fact that grace teaches a man to deny ungodliness. If you're born again, there's got to be difference in your life. The grace of God doesn't just make your spirit safe. It'll renew your conduct. Praise God. So, we established that. Now, I've been saying something in between the messages, and I want you to pay attention to it. The fact that the whole of the scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation, talks about Jesus Christ. In fact, when you go to the book of Revelation, the Bible says this is the revelation of Jesus Christ given to John the Apostle. It's not the revelation of the beast or the Antichrist. Praise the name of the Lord. Come and I said, praise the name of the Lord. So, you must realize that. That this is uh, essentially a book talking about Jesus and talking about salvation. So let me give you two scriptures towards that again. Let's go to Second uh, Timothy chapter three and verse fifteen. Second Timothy chapter three and verse fifteen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Second Timothy chapter three and verse fifteen. It says, "And from childhood." You have known the Holy Scripture. Okay? Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in what? Jesus Christ. So it says you have known the 
Holy Scriptures. Okay? So, I, I'm using the, the New American Standard to teach right, right, right about this, this time. The New American Standard said, And from childhood, you have known the sacred writings, which is the Holy Scriptures, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul was talking to Timothy, and we need to understand this. Paul was talking to Timothy. He says, from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures. Now, from the age of 12, Jesus began to talk about the Scriptures with uh, the rulers of the synagogue, right? And about the age of 30, Jesus actually entered into ministry at the age of 30 and finished ministry at the age of 33. Now, it's been proven through church history and theology that the oldest of the disciples was just a little above older than Jesus, maybe like 33 or 34. He should be Peter because Peter was married and Peter had a mother-in-law. That's why Peter cannot be the Pope of the, of the first church. Because fathers don't marry, Peter married. Okay? Now, the disciples of Jesus were actually about teenagers. About 17, 18, 19, 20, thereabout. That was their age. And that's why sometimes, for, for we need to also understand something, because sometimes we think our children are too young to know the Holy Scriptures. And so, we, we give them all the soft spot, the twinkle, twinkle, little star, the, um, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And before we know, they are, hit, they are in the university... Or in schools, and they are faced with all kinds of things, and they were not prepared. Actually, uh, from the Hebrew point of view, from the age of 9 and 10, the children were already taught to memorize scripture. And that's why at the age of 12, Jesus was talking with the rulers of the synagogue. He wasn't just doing that because he was God. Are you following this now? Come on, talk to me. Are you following this now? So he says, from a little child, and so we recognize from the life of Timothy that his parents were deliberate about teaching him scriptures which led him to the knowledge of salvation. You must understand that Timothy's father was Greek. So his mother and his grandmother played a role in the transference of faith in him. But what I want you to pick there is that you have known the scriptures which is able to lead you to the knowledge of salvation. So the scriptures were to lead people to the knowledge of salvation. And we must be very clear about that. We can talk about breakthroughs and healing and deliverance, but essentially, the scriptures are to lead us to the knowledge of what? Of salvation. Can you say loud amen? Now, if you go to John chapter 1, let me show you something here. John chapter 1, let's go to verse 45. John chapter 1, verse 45. John chapter 1 and verse 45. Pay attention to all of these scriptures. Go back home, meditate, meditate on them, spend time to study them again. John chapter 1 verse 45. It says, now let's read from verse 44. Now Philip was from Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Peter. Verse 45, look at this. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him, look at this, of whom Moses in the law. And also the prophets wrote. Look at that. Look at that. When they found Jesus, what did they say? They said, we have found the man of whom what? Come on, talk to me, church. Of whom what? Moses in the law and what? And the prophet wrote. So what was, what was um, um, Philip saying? What was Philip saying here? He says, when we read Moses and when we read the prophet, he was telling us about a particular man. 
And we found that man. So, they were able, listen carefully, they were able to identify Jesus as the Messiah because of what they read in the Law and the Prophets. So, when they read the Law, listen carefully, listen very, very carefully, don't miss this. If I was teaching the teenage class, I would have said, hold your ears, but don't do that now. But listen carefully to this now. When they read the Scriptures, they were not looking for breakthrough. When they read the scripture, they were not looking for what God can do for them. When they picked up the law of Moses, they were reading to identify the Messiah. The goal of the scriptures essentially was for them to identify who is the Messiah. Because that was all what Israel was looking for. The, the whole thing that Israel was looking for was salvation. Now, in their mind, they thought it was going to be physical salvation to save them from the hands of the Roman emperors. But when they read the book of Moses and they saw things in the book of Moses, the things they read in the book of Moses was to help them identify the Messiah. And I'm going to talk about that today, essentially. Because even John the Baptist did not know Jesus. John the Baptist did not know Jesus by revelation. He knew Jesus only as Jesus was being baptized that a sign was going to come. So the baptism of John was primarily to identify Jesus and his mission. Are you still here? So it says, Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, We have found him of... Who is this? (laughs) Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, We found him of whom Moses in the law... And also, the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Pay attention to that title. Pay attention to that title. Pay. You see, when you read the scripture, you pay attention to details. We have found him, of whom Moses in the law, and also the prophets wrote. So the law and the prophets were writing about Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, pause. On the son of Joseph. Hold your place there. Go to Luke chapter 3 verse 38. Show you something here. Luke chapter 3 and verse 38. Hallelujah. Alright. Don't worry. You're in small Bible school now. Just follow. Luke chapter 3 verse 38. See this here now. It says. He was talking about. Mm, go to verse 23. Go to verse 23. When he began his ministry, Jesus himself was about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph. You, okay? Then he talked about the son of Eli. Alright? Now, he says Jesus started his ministry at the age of 30. Now, the reason is because uh, the, the, the priests, they were to start functioning in the temple from the age of 30. From the age of 30, that's when they, they, they can actually start functioning in the temple. So that's why Jesus started his ministry there. Now, go to verse 38. I want to show you something in verse 38. So he lists all the sons and all the generations. And it says, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Did you see that there? Did you see that there? What are you looking for there now? Adam was called the son of of God. So, what you find out is that Adam was created in the image of God and was called the son of God. But he failed, of course, the temptation. And so, Jesus also came to the earth as the son of God. Now, listen to this. Jesus had to come in two natures. 
He has to come as God, sinless, but he also has to come as man. Because if for God to be able to redeem man, remember our quote by C.S. Lewis, the Son of God became the Son of Man so that the sons of men can do what? Can become what? Come on, talk to me now. Can become what? The Son of... Yeah, so he had to take in our nature. We're going into why Jesus came now. He had to take in our nature because Adam is the Son of God. So the fact that Adam failed didn't mean that God denied him. <laughs> Alright? So, there are actually only two men in this world. They are either sons of God or, yeah, in terms of the first Adam and the second Adam. So the first Adam was the Adam that failed, that carried the sin nature, the human nature, and then there's the second Adam. Now, the, the, the scripture actually uses the word the last Adam. He didn't use the word the second Adam because there's not going to be any third Adam. Okay, so it's the first and the last Adam. Why is it the last Adam? Because he is the one that God had brought for the salvation of mankind. That's why the scripture says that there is salvation in no other name except in the name of Jesus. And then we have to be careful because we see things today when people write in the name of tolerance that we are all worshipping the same God but different names. That's a lie. We're not all worshipping the same God. And I'm going to, I pray we're able to get there uh, because... Believing in God does not make you saved. I'll repeat it again. To believe in God is not salvation. You have to believe in His Son that He sent for the remission of sin. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying very clearly? And I'm going to show you from scriptures. Because even the devil believes in God. The devil is not saved. So yeah, I just believe in God, but I don't just do this church thing. No, 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 no sir, no sir. You cannot, you cannot believe in God by your own terms. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you here? You cannot believe in God. You see, you cannot say you want to worship God and you have your own way you want to worship Him. If God says, for instance, forsake not the gathering of yourself together, you cannot say because you've been hurt by church, you don't go to church again, you worship God in your heart. No, sir, you are not, you cannot do that. Because what we find out is when people are hurt, they now build a theology around their experience. Praise God. You know, people used to say, we should go back to the days of the early church. And I laugh. Go and reach, if you read church history, you will not pray that prayer. <laughs> uh, let's go. Let's, let's progress so that we can finish what we're doing here. So you see, go to First Peter chapter 1 now. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. And we're going to read from verse 10. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Man, I, this is so, so, so good. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 10. Now, let's look at this now. Um, let's see this. Can we go to verse 3? First Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy, look at this, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, our being born again is connected to the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. And I have taken my time to... Always say it in this church, it is not the cross that makes a man saved. 
Are you following this now? Salvation is not that, that Jesus went to the cross. No. There were other thieves on the cross. And we need to clarify, that's why the cross is not in a sense a symbol of Christianity. In that sense. But let's not go to the extreme. Because the cross was just a method of killing. And I've said many times, if Jesus was killed by a pistol, what would have been the symbol of Christianity? A gun. Alright? <laughs> but, you know, there were other thieves on the cross. Do you remember there were other thieves on the cross? So, the cross is a method of execution. But what actually, what actually brings salvation is the fact that Jesus rose again. Because the other thieves did not rise. But they were killed. And that is why Christianity is the only way to God. Because the founder of Christianity in that sense, Jesus, is the only one that lays claim to resurrection. And he lays claim to resurrection in such a way that there are undeniable proofs, both physically and spiritually and historically, that Jesus actually rose from the dead. Mohammed doesn't lay claim to resurrection from the dead. Buddha doesn't lay claim to resurrection for, to the dead. No other religion lays claim to the fact that their founder, in that sense, rose up from the dead. So, Peter is saying that, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy, what was that great mercy? John 3.16, Jesus coming to die for us, has caused us to be born again, to a living hope, through what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, if you study Pauline theology very well, you will, you will understand that Paul was consistently talking about the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Because the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the, the proof that we can be born again. Are you still here? Alright. Now, if you go to the Old Testament, for instance, you will see that... Uh, I, I want to show you uh, a couple of scriptures. Wow. John, uh, Job chapter 16. Let me show you something here. Job in the Old Testament was crying out. So when you read the book of Job, what comes to your mind most times? The sufferings of Job, right? Uh, come on church, talk to me. What comes to your mind? How Job suffered. And how Job married one bad woman like that. I said, cause God and die. But, you know... <laughs> What did he say? That the law and the prophets were talking about Jesus. Job chapter 16 verse 19 to 21. Even now, behold, my witness is in heaven and my advocate is on high. Who was Job talking about? Why, why was Job saying this? Who is his advocate? Jesus. Now go to verse 20. My friends are my scoffers. My eye weeps to God. Oh, that a man might plead with God as a man with his neighbor. Now, when you read this now, in the light of what we're teaching, you will see that deep in the heart of Job, Job was referring to and searching for a savior. Who is the man who will plead with God as a man will plead with his neighbor? Who pleaded with God on our behalf so we can be reconciled to God? Jesus. Who is our advocate on high? 
Jesus. So when you read Job chapter 16, you can see that the cry of Job is the cry of what? Of a redeemer or a savior. Now, if you go to the King James Version in verse 20, you will see the word record. Go, go to, uh, give me the King James Version, Job chapter 16 verse 20, quickly. Job 16 verse 20. I want to show you something so that when you study, it can help you. Now, um, Job 16 20, the King James Version, or the uh, 20, 19, sorry, verse 19, sorry, verse 19. Now, it says, also now, behold, my witness is in heaven, and my record is on high. Now, listen to this. When you read the King James Version, or the New King James Version, and it says, my record is on high. When you read it at face value, what will you think? Huh? Hey, come on now, let's talk. What will you think? If I have not, if we have not read the other translation before. That maybe there were certain things recorded about Job that were kept in high places, right? Now, the, the, now, now because I've heard people say this all the time. <clears throat> we have not finished studying English. If you do it Greek and Hebrew, Greek and Hebrew is not power. No, Greek and Hebrew is not power, it's sense. Because that word record in the, Greek, in the Hebrew language is actually not recording like you're writing somebody's records. That word is advocate. Are you following this? That is why, uh, not, this is just personal. That's why I started, as I began to study biblical languages, I began to, I, have, I love the New King James a lot. But I began to, you know, f- fall in love clearly. For some of you who followed me for years, discovered that just in the last one year, I started using the New American Standard Bible. Because it's a bit closer in setting translations of the Hebrew and the Greek language. So the, because the King James Version can, can, if you're not careful with the King James, it can mislead your interpretation. And that is why you have to read a particular verse for, from many translations. Now, let me say this now. I don't know what we do with time in this church. Not even started. Let me say this now. People have extremes. They stay with the King James Version or they run straight to the message translation. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? But if you really want to understand the scriptures, you've got to, you know, stay in between the lines somehow. NIV is a, is a perfect translation. Very good translation. And don't follow all those things they send on WhatsApp. That some verses are missing. This is the translation of the Antichrist. These are for lazy people. Okay? Now, so the word there is advocate. It was referring to Jesus. Okay? Now, it was a cry of Job for a redeemer. Go to Job chapter 9 verse 2. Uh, 9.32. Let me show you something there again. For instance, if you read the book of Isaiah... And I've heard a lot of teachers teach that, where the scripture says, uh, concerning the works of my hands, command ye me. Have you read that? Have you read that? Come on, have you read that? And you've heard people say, command God concerning the work of his hand. Command God. Even God said, command ye me. Go and read other translations. There's a question mark in front of that. It's saying, concerning the works of my hands. Do you command me concerning the works of my hand? Command ye me? That's the way you should read. Not command me. Because the verses before that, he was talking about his sovereignty. The fact that he is God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's not saying command God. He said, command me. Everyone raise it as prayer points. Go and read other translations and see. And read it in context. Don't just pick that verse. Read it in context. You will understand that he was talking about his sovereignty and the fact that you cannot command him concerning the things he's created. Glory to God. 
Well, that's just homework for you. Where did I say you should turn to? Job chapter what? 9 verse what? Verse 32. Job 9 32. For he is not a man as I am that I may answer him. That we may go to court together. Now you see the whole issue of advocacy coming here. Go to Job 15 verse 14. Job chapter 15 verse 14. Please follow this now. It says, What is man that he should be pure? Or he who is born of a woman that he should be righteous? So here Job is questioning the fact that, listen, if we are born in this human way, we cannot be pure. If we are born of a woman, we cannot be righteous. Now, between all of these things that Job is talking about, you can see deep within Job what? A cry for a savior. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? What I'm, what I'm just trying to do here is to show you that if we read the scripture with the lenses of Jesus, we will see that even in the prophets and in the Old Testament, people were crying for redemption. They were looking forward to salvation. Let's go back to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. Quickly. Wow, 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 wow. Praise God forevermore. First Peter chapter 1. And let, now, let's go to verse 10. We started verse 3. But then let's go to verse 10. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 10. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that will come to you made careful searches and inquiry. They searched carefully and inquired uh, uh, carefully. Now, what salvation is he talking about here? Is the salvation we read about in verse 3. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, verse, uh, which verse are we now? Verse 11. Seeking to know, look at this, look at this phrase. Seeking to know what person, what person, right? Or time the spirit of Christ within them was indicated as he predicted, look at this, the sufferings of Christ, which is his suffering and his going to the cross, and what? And the glories to follow. What's the glory to follow? It's the glory of Christ after resurrection. Did you see this? So, if you read the Old Testament, the Bible says that the essential thing in the Old Testament was the fact that they were seeking to know what person, or observe that phrase, what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. So, when we look at that phrase, what person, we now understand what Nathaniel was saying when he said, we have found, in John chapter 1 verse 45, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote Jesus of Nazareth. So when Nathaniel and the rest of them who believed in Jesus saw Jesus, they could know what person or time the Spirit of Christ was indicating. So it's like Isaiah saying, uh, a virgin shall conceive and give birth. Now, what was Isaiah prophesying? Was prophesying the birth of Jesus. Now, when Nathaniel reads that and sees Jesus and put all of those indicators together, he can tell that this is what? The Messiah. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, G, uh, the word of God says, the seed of the woman, we can read that quickly. 
Genesis chapter 3, that's the first time Jesus was, was, was referenced. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, it says, And I'll put an enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. So we're, we're having two seeds here. Praise God. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. Now, two things. When he says you shall bruise him on the heel, that is the serpent bruising the seed of the woman on the heel, he was talking about the persecution and the afflictions and the sufferings of Christ, which will lead to, uh, to what? To um, his crucifixion and his resurrection. Now, if you use the word here, bruise, now, if you, if you look at the original translation, actually, um, he will... He shall bruise you on the head. The word there is crush, not bruise. Right? And you shall bruise him on the heel. The word there is bruise. Now, two, two things, and, and I'll show you the difference here. When he says, he shall crush you on the head, he showed the fact that the seed of the woman was going to have ultimate victory over Satan. Jesus did not only just bruise Satan. Jesus ultimately defeated Satan. Are you following what I'm saying? So, in this place also, the King James Version got it correctly. Shall crush. And then, the serpent shall bruise. Which talks about the affliction. You know, most of you think that when Jesus was being flogged, he took it as God in that sense. So, the things were not paining him. You know, I like, just flogged me. How many? 49. We are flogged. No. No. You know, when he, when he carried that cross... The cross was so heavy that he, he was under the burden of it. And a man was asked to help him. So he took that for us. Those were sufferings that he took for our sake. Hallelujah. Now, go to Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. So that means, look, observe this phrase here. The seed of the woman. Observe that phrase. Take note of that phrase. Galatians chapter 4. Go to verse 4. Uh, Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. But when the fullness of time came, now, now, glory to God, glory to God. Remember what we read, First uh, Peter, chapter chapter one, verse ten, right? Come on now, remember what we read there. What did you read in First Peter chapter one, verse ten? That they were looking for what person or what all the time. Remember that phrase, all the time, yeah. Now, this says when the fullness of time came. What was that time now? The time for the manifestation of Jesus the Savior. Okay? Alright? Galatians 4.4 But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth His Son, born of what? Born of what? And born where? Did you see this now? Did you see this? That Jesus was born of a woman and was born where? Under the law. So that means that Jesus in being born was actually, he was born under the law. So for him to redeem us, he had to fulfill everything concerning the law. Come on now. That's why Jesus had to be baptized by John the Baptist. Because for every lamb to be offered, the high priest had to wash the lamb. So when we see the baptism of Jesus by John, we were not just looking at something we need to reciprocate. We were looking at something that points to our salvation, that Jesus is the lamb that needed to be washed. That's why when John the Baptist refused to baptize Jesus, John had to tell him, you need to do this to fulfill all righteousness. What righteousness was that? The righteousness according to the law. Because you cannot offer yourself. A high priest has to help to offer you. Glory to God. 
So when we read about the washing of the land, the Passover lamp and everything, we're not reading about what we should go and reciprocate. We're reading about what Christ has come. And that's the problem below because a lot of believers are not going back. I see some believers wearing prayer mantle from Israel to pray. Prayer cloth. You cannot. That's why Jesus came. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you want to go to Israel, go there as, as that you want to go on vacation. I, I really want to go to Israel. I really, really want to go to Israel. Just to put a sense to some of the things I'm learning. But it's not going to make me more anointed. Israel is no more anointed than Bonnie Island. I'll say it again. I said Israel is no more anointed than Bonnie Island. Because right now Christ lives in us. And where we are is the Holy Land. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> Look at this now. Sent forth his son, born of a woman. So it, it confirms the fact that our Redeemer, the seed of a woman, born under the Lord. Come on now. What's the next verse? Verse what? Verse 5. Verse 5, right? So that, so that, now if I say, okay, well, let's read on. If I say, this, 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 so that this will happen. What am I saying? I'm saying the purpose of everything I've just said is because of this that's going to happen. Am I right? Am I right? Okay. So that he might do what? Let's read together. So that he might do what? Redeem those who were what? Who were those who were under the law? Huh? Don't say me. Say you. <laughs> I am under the law. Where were you? You were above the law. Come on. We were all what? Under the law. That we might receive what? The adoption of what? As what? As sons. Now, now, when we talk about adoption in the English, it is not like adoption in the Hebrew culture. Way beyond it. We'll take, we'll take time to teach on adoption. That's another topic on its own. But just have it in mind. It's not like the one that you cannot have kids and you go and... No, 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 no. no. It's way, way more serious than that. But you see now, in these two verses... Listen very carefully to this. Don't miss this. Pay attention to this. In these two verses, the purpose of Jesus coming to the earth was established. You know what? Galatians 1, 4 and 5... Is Galatians um, chapter 4, 4 and 5 is the summary of this course, this series. Look at this. Let's read it again. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, under the law, so that he, we might redeem those who were under the law, praise God, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Now, because you are sons, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our heart, crying, Abba, Father. Now, the first thing God did, to, the first thing God sent forth was Christ. The second thing he sent forth is the Holy Spirit. Come on now. Come on now. Because when Jesus was living, he says, I'm going to send you another comforter. Now, the word another comforter there is alos parakletos. Another of the same kind. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Now, when he says, I lost my credit, for instance, now, if I say, uh, what is our example now? If I say, 
Let's use my wife as an example. I can't say I'll send you another wife. Okay. But I'm thinking, what can I use as an example? Now, if I tell you I'm going to send you another person or send you another thing. Now, I can send you another thing that's not the same. So, the word another there is not that he was going to send a spirit that was different from him. No. It's more like I'm going to diffuse myself and... Okay, yeah, perfect example. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's like this, right? Well, I'm not, I'm not a science student, but I think I have a bit of intelligence to give you this example. What's the formula for water? Ah, beautiful. So, when it's ice block, right? I know there will be other chemical stuff that... Don't go too far. Just stay here. <laughs> okay? When it's ice block, it's still water, right? In what form? Solid form. Okay. When it's liquid water, it's still water, what? right? In what form? In what form? <laughs> the guy's like, hmm. Okay. When it's vapor, it's water, right? In what form? Uh, but the, the basic H2O still remains. Am I right? Am I right? Just basic. It's just the basic size. Don't go to... How to purify gas. Just stay here. <laughs> Do you understand that now? Now, God the Father, imagine him as the block, the ice block. He appeared to, to the Jews as Yahweh, Father, El Shaddai, Almighty God. He appeared as Jesus, liquid. Right? And Jesus says, I'm going to go. And I'll come as the gaseous state. Because in that state, I can diffuse myself and fill everyone. So, I'm going to send another of the same kind. Allos Paracletos. Another of the same kind. Now, when you have the vapor, it's the same thing as having the liquid. It's the same thing as having the block. Solid form, right? Come on now. Do you understand that example? That's why there are not three gods. It's one God manifested in three forms. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's just, that's just the thing about Trinity. It's not, don't, it's not a, a three God, three one it's mystery. It's, the mystery I've just resolved. It's like me. I am father to Zara and Caris. I am husband to Mary. I am son to my dad. So in a sense, you can say I'm three persons. Right? <laughs> in a sense... Okay, I've entered another subject I shouldn't enter now. But in a sense, you can say I'm three persons, right? Because if my father is here, what's he going to call me? If Caris and Zara are here, why are they going to call me? If my wife is here, what's he going to call me? Husband. Alright. So, that's why, when you read in the scripture sometimes, you will say that, you will see that, uh, in the book of Acts, Paul says, the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. But we know that it is the blood of Jesus. Praise God. So, Philippians solves this for us. Go read it. The mystery of godliness. That Christ came in the human flesh to redeem us. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, let's read on. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but son, but a son, and if son, then what? An heir through God, or an heir of God. Now, this is the purpose for which Jesus came. 
to restore us back again to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. That by accepting the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus, we can come to this place where we become what? The sons of God. Now, let me go, let me establish something again. Romans chapter 1 verse 3 quickly now. Thank you Lord Jesus. Are you learning something this morning? Say amen if you are. Romans chapter 1 verse 3. Let me see this here. Just to establish the fact that Jesus also had to put on the human nature. Romans 1 3. Look at verse 1. Let's read Romans chapter 1 verse 1. Paul, a born servant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Look at that again. Did you see that again? Let's read up again. Are you here? Okay. Look at that. Let's read up. Let's read up again. Maybe I'll continue up on Sunday. Paul, a born servant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle. Now, set apart for the gospel of God. What is the gospel of God? What is the gospel of God? Which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So that means that when we read what the prophets were writing in the Holy Scriptures, what we actually should see is the gospel of God. Right? Okay. I, I, I plan to teach this fully. But let me just give you... So you will now understand the blessing of Abraham. When he says, True you shall all nations of the earth be blessed. You know, our traditional concept is through us. We are going to have so much money and employ a lot of people. No, but what was, what was God telling Abraham? He was preaching this gospel to him. That is why the Bible says the gospel was first preached to Abraham. So when God said, through you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, he was actually speaking of the fact that Jesus was going to come from the seed of Abraham. And the blessing is actually salvation. The blessing of Abraham is actually salvation. I'm going to teach it fully so that I'll explain it to you. Now, it goes on to say, verse 3, Concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David, according to the flesh. So understand this now. According to the flesh, he was the seed. What are we looking at? The fact that Jesus is the seed of the woman, right? According to the flesh, he was the descendant of David. But for who was declared the son of God with power by resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord. So in the flesh, he was the son of David. But the son of God by resurrection from the dead. Verse 5, through whom we have received what? Grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake. Among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, uh, where should I go to now? Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. Ooh, thank you Lord Jesus. Matthew 1 21. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. You know, messages like this, right? You know the best way to teach them is for us to just have daily meetings. Like Sunday to Sunday. Three hours daily, three hours daily. So that that whole week, you know, it's not like we teach this part one and then just go home. Say, man, ah! I, I like our pastor. The man can teach, but somebody needs to relax. And then just load series. <laughs> and then by the time say, for this course part 4 you are like uh, where were we in this course okay so what, what would be good for you get when I finish this series get all the messages together 
And, and I'm telling you something now. Get all the messages together and listen to them one day. Listen to them. You understand what I'm saying? That's how it will be able to build doctrine in your heart. Because this is very essential. That's the way to connect it. Okay? Now, Matthew 121. Mm, I'll show you something here. Uh, okay. Let me establish this here. Let me establish this here. When we call names, right, in, in our days today, we, I, I, for some people, names mean a lot to them. Okay? For some of us, we just look for nice names. Okay? So, it's like, I'm going to have three children. What, uh, uh, I like all my children's names to start with K. You know, then you go on like K, K, K ladies' names. Say Kinky, Kimberly, Kento, Kilondi, Kisusdo, Krasusdo, Kilostis. Okay? So, because I like Kilostis. So, you know, have, what's your child's name? Kimba, Kilostis, Kindosras. Okay? Or you like J, John, Jude, Judas, not Iscariot. Okay? You understand that? But that's not how they gave name in those days. They gave you a name based on your purpose. Now, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. So, when you call the name Jesus, it wasn't because it was a nice name. There was a purpose to that name. Now, let me show you how the Jews thought about names quickly. Come come back to John chapter... uh, uh, John chapter 8 first. Then we'll come back to Matthew. John chapter 8. Go, go, go to John chapter 8. Go to verse 56 quickly. John eight fifty six, And then we'll come back to Matthew. Hold your place in Matthew chapter 1. Come to John chapter 8 and verse 56. So they were not just giving nice names. Names meant a lot to them. John eight fifty six. Look at this. Your father... <laughs> Let's look at verse 52. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. They were talking to Jesus. Praise God. You know, most people say this. I'll, 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 I'll drop up here. Let me see. Maybe I can pick up from here next Sunday. You know, most people thought that, you know, even some people, you know, I was thinking about it yesterday. Like, you realize that if Jesus, you know, some people feel that if Jesus were to be the pastor of this church, it would be one of the largest churches on the island. It's a lie. You know, even you, you might not even be here. People thought that when Jesus was walking, they, people followed him a lot. No, they followed him for bread. And I've told you, if I multiply bread, now imagine we have snacks. Eh? Maybe one, one, one plate of snacks and two, two pop off and one donut. And then I just pray. Father, I thank you for these two. It's pop off the English word. Puff puff. It's what? Snowballs. Doughballs. <laughs> you now go and meet somebody in the shop. I said, you have doughballs? He said, do. <laughs> you can check potacot. Okay. Alright. But amen. I pray over it. And I give to my service team. I say, give to everyone. And it multiplies. Are you going to come back to church on Sunday? Are you going to come back with one person? You come with your grandfather who is dead. Are you following this? That's why the multitude. And Jesus told them. He says, you're following me for food. Not many people believed in him. Look at what they said. They just said to him, now we know that you have a demon. They were talking to Jesus. Abraham died. And the prophet also. And you say, if anyone kiss my word, he will never taste death. Ah, they say Abraham died. Even the prophet died. You this small boy, 30 years old. You say, if anybody believes you, he will never die. You say, you have a demon. That was the Facebook status. Jesus posted, what's on your mind? If anyone believes in me. He will never die. Comment. You have a demon. And then like 78 likes. Okay. Then look at this now. 
Verse 33. Surely you are not greater than our father Abraham who died. The prophets died too. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. And you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I will be a liar like you. I mean, Jesus had a way of replying. But I do know him and keep his word. Look at what he said, 56. Your father, Abraham, rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. When did Abraham see the day? When did he see the day? It was when God cut that covenant with him and told him that in, your children are going to be in bondage for 400 years and preach the gospel to him. And when Abraham believed what God said about him, that out of him, he's going to be the father of many nations. And, and, and when he believed that, the Bible said, it was accounted unto him for righteousness. The same way, when you believe in Jesus today, you are counted righteousness. He says, Abraham saw it. And he believed it. And he rejoiced to see my day. What day was he talking about? The day of salvation. So, when Abraham, when the children of Israel were living in Egypt, the Canaan land, Abraham knew that that was a type of the fact that, it, that we were going to be redeemed from the bondage of the world and be set into the liberty and the true rest of God. So the scripture says in the book of Hebrews that if Joshua gave them the true rest that they were needing, Jesus would not have come. So Canaan is a picture of the rest of God. And Abraham rejoiced to see that day. I like this scripture. I like this one. Verse 57. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old and you have seen Abraham. <laughs> I like reading the Bible like this. You know, I mean, look at the conversation. 30 year old man. So I've seen Abraham. Say, you, you are not yet 50 years old. And you are saying you have seen Abraham. Jesus said to them, truly, truly. This is, this is like in our pidgin English, I swear to God. Truly, truly. Verily, verily. I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Now, Look at the reaction. Look, you know, they were going back and forth, right? Jesus said something, they'll say another thing. He said something. When he said this, they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. You know, this time Jesus didn't show power. They will kill him before the crucifixion. Like your assignment is these guys. So when the scripture said they took up stones to stone him, let me tell you something about when the Jews stone you. You know, when. <laughs> In our mind, when we say we take up stone to stone somebody, it's like everybody takes stone and stone you and then they run away. No, 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 no. Not for the Jews. They will stone you and then they will hold one very stone, the last one, to make sure that you were dead. That's what happened to Paul after they stoned him. They said they left him to die and then the disciples gathered around him and prayed for him and he came up. Their stoning was very specific and intentional. So Jesus knew that if that stone... If that stone process starts, <laughs> it needs to be in tune with the resurrection. So after three days, you still did there. He has supposed to rise now. Jesus took off in himself and went out of the temple. But this was the issue. This was the issue. When Jesus said, Before Abraham, I am, he actually 
was referring to himself as God. And the Jews taught it as blasphemy. How do I know that? Exodus 3 verse 14. When God revealed himself to Moses. Exodus 3 14 quickly for me now. When God revealed himself to Moses. What did he say? He says, come on now. Who is there? Exodus 3 14. Exodus chapter 3 verse 14. God said to Moses. Come on, give me verse 13. Verse 13. Just follow me. Don't, don't look at the Bible. Follow me. My time is up. Let me run this for you. Then Moses said to God. Behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel. Listen carefully. I'm going to the sons of Israel. And I'll say to them. The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now, they, they may say to me. What is his name? What shall I say to them? Verse 14. Go to verse 14 now. It says, God said to Moses. I am who I am. And he said, Thus shall you say to the sons of Israel. Look at this. Look at this. Thus shall you say to the sons of Israel. I am has sent me to you. So when Jesus said before Abraham, I am. He wasn't using English. He was saying, I'm God. They understood because the only way Jesus could have said he was older than Abraham was to be the fact that he was God. When they heard that, they said, this matter is not Facebook matter again. Let's get hired as a sinner and just kill this boy. Do you understand this now? So, when he met... <laughs> Jesus said, I said to you, before Abraham was born, I am. What does this mean? What does this mean? The covenant name of God. He was, he was claiming equality with God. And they couldn't handle it. They took up stones to stone him. So you understand how the Jews took their names very serious. Last scripture. Um, where were we before? Matthew chapter 1. Okay? Verse 40. No? Matthew 1.21. Let's look at verse... Uh, Verse 21. Okay, let's look at verse 20. Okay? Matthew 1, 20. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. Joseph, son of David. So that's where you see the whole son of David thing. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Praise God. For the child who has been conceived in eyes of the Holy Spirit. It's talking about the dual nature of God. Conceived by the spirit of holiness. And then took his flesh from Mary. Verse 21. Jesus had to come on the earth as a man because spirit cannot redeem man. So man had to be redeemed by what? By man. That's coming that human nature. That's why demons are illegal on the earth. And that's why for demons to operate, they have to possess someone. Are you following this? That's why you have the authority to cast out demons because you have an earth body and demons do not have. Praise God. Now, a Christian can be influenced by demons, but a Christian cannot be possessed by demons. Because to possess is to take ownership. The Holy Spirit lives in you already. But if your mind is not renewed, demons can influence or uh, play with you uh, the way they want to play with you. But if you are born again child of God, you cannot be possessed by demons. So a Christian cannot say, I'm demon possessed. No, you are are demon influenced, not demon possessed. Just as the Holy Spirit influences you, so also, um, whoever you yield yourself to, that's another thing entirely. Verse, Verse what now? Verse 21. She will bear a son and you shall call his name who? You shall call his name who? For what will happen? So can you see that the name Jesus was tied to his purpose? 
Right? For he will save what? His people from what? From their sins. Now, verse 22. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Now, if you go to verse 22, it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So we see again that while Jesus was walking on the earth, God was walking on the earth. Because his name is Emmanuel, God with us. Praise the name of the Lord. Have you been blessed this morning? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask that light to come into your word. That our heart to be established in this truth. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.